If you are listening to this podcast, it means you're searching, searching for someone who understands you, someone who gets you. You are yearning to be understood and to belong. Welcome to the Someone Gets Me podcast, where we help smart, talented, and sensitive people navigate an often insensitive world. I am Diane Allen, your host. My roles as ambassador, author, speaker, and intuitive mentor for bright and talented people are woven into each episode. I have the experience and knowledge to educate and inspire as I have been there and I understand your unique intensities, sensitivities, and challenges. Welcome. Welcome to Someone Gets Me. But guess what? It's not Diane today. Well, it is, but first it's Christine. It's Christine Ammerman here to flip the script and flip the mic with your brave soul leader, Diane Allen, author of the newest book for humans like you on the planet, the one-of-a-kind manuscript also called Someone Gets Me. This is the book the world has been waiting for. And this is the interview I have been waiting for because we get to hear from Diane herself behind the scenes in this exclusive look at bringing this work to the world in the form of a tome. Diane, thank you so much for being willing to open up and go behind the curtain in this way with your new book. Oh, this is going to be fun. And thank you, Christine, for being on the show and and hosting my show with me. This is going to be fun. (laughs) I was honored to be a guest a while ago, and I am even more honored to be back and to dive into uh, a conversation about why this work has been a focus of of your energy and your time behind the scenes for a significant amount of chronological time um could you could you give us an idea of why you decided to bring this book to the world oh that there's lots of levels to that but to start with it the the someone gets me part is really important because I think as intense, sensitive people, I know for me, there's been a lot of times in my life where I wasn't understood. People didn't get me. And I think a lot of us walk around with just not feeling heard, people not really getting us and kind of tolerating it. And it creates lots of separation and wounds and stuff like that. And the book came about, this particular book came about because I was in Haslam's bookstore in St. Petersburg talking to the owners who are friends of mine. And I was saying, Raymond, you know, there's this book that I want to get for my clients or, you know, have them come here and buy from you guys called um, that's about intensity and intense living. And, and we, he tried to get it for me and it was categorized as a textbook. So he couldn't order it. And he looked at me like with the most matter of fact face and goes, well, you write one. And he already had my other four books in their store. So he knew that that was in my wheelhouse. 
And I was like, well, that's an idea. Like, you know, it was, it was, that was kind of innocent. And so I just started putting it together and I started really paying attention to all of my clients and all the clients I've served over the last 40 years. And what's really important. And, um, and so I started with the quiz. It's actually in the back of the book and said, okay, well, how would somebody even know that, that this is them? And then, then what do you do? And so it started there. And then I, I just kind of told stories and thought, think about it. I think about it a lot because I see people all the time disconnected from others and feeling kind of separate and alienated, that existential loneliness. And, you know, we get we get to have the permission to be connected too. <laughs> you know, like, hold on a minute here. So that's how it started. Oh, I love that. And you know, there's, there's such a resonance I know for, for me (laughs) with your work. And I'm, I'm curious what, what percentage of people could you remind us? Do do you feel like this particular book applies to? Well, this particular book applies to gifted people of oversight abilities and who are also are spiritually sensitive. So that would be roughly one and a half to two percent of the population, and probably a subset of that. Um, but what I also think is that it's really good for people who have friends who are gifted and have overexcitability. Like I don't know how to handle my friend, or coworkers, or family members. Um, I wrote it so that anybody that has has this situation in their in their world can relate to it because. It's not just about the intense, sensitive, gifted person getting it. It's about their kids, their parents, their siblings, their coworkers, their friends that, you know, distance themselves or act funny or because they don't know what to do. They don't know. They don't understand. So they they get afraid. And and I want to really help all those relationships go to to another level. So it, it applies specifically to that group. But lots of people could read it. And really start to understand, oh, that's this person. Oh, that's one of the people actually who did one of the reviews, you know, goes, this is, that's my brother-in-law, you know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I love that you're calling that out because this, this subset of the population, right, really does seek and to be understood, to be seen, right? and you speak about, I'm just going to go ahead and say us, in a way that that I have not seen before. And that got me, activated my overexcitabilities, right? And and one of the reasons for that is that the, is the very first chapter and the order in which you chose to present things and bring some new definitions, some new terms, some new definitions. Um, could you speak about that very first chapter and why you chose to order it the way that you did? Uh, well, the, the the first chapter came through intuitively to start it that way. Um, because I'm highly intuitive myself, I just kind of sat down and I'd written pieces of the book in different places. And then I was finally like putting it all together. And I'm like, okay, well, what is the most powerful thing to start with? Like what really matters? And um, for me, it's the spiritual connection and understanding that, that all of our connection is not just physical, that there's so much more. And, 
that when we slow down for a minute and breathe into that idea, there is an invitation there. And so the entire book is ordered based on intuition and what kept coming through to me as, okay, this is important. Share this. And like I was sharing with you before we started recording that I rewrote an entire chapter after it was final edited. And I was going through that last proof and I'm like, there's more. This is not all there is. And I need to write more. And I sat and I rewrote that chapter. It's now, I don't know, probably 20 times longer than it was before. It's it because there was more substance. And um, and I wanted to make sure that people understood that there's there's depth in it. So that's how that's how I started it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And I think even that story in itself is a microcosm of the level of embodiment that you have with your work and of the the trust that you have in yourself and in your inherent wiring, right? Which is what makes you the person to have brought this work to the world and and presented it in this way and also to bring to bring a new term, a new to me term that I would I would love for you to speak about. Um, you know, something that I think has entered uh, the the common vernacular for a lot of us in personal development is this idea of the HSP or the highly sensitive person. Um, and you have a a different um, a different take on what it means to be sensitive and how you define that and a specific a specific subset of of sensitivity and i wonder if you can speak about that sure i'm i'm happy to do that and and actually the the term intense sensitivities came to me when i was traveling with one of my clients and i do travel with people sometimes and and we were traveling and there's also a place in the book where I was talking about empath distress disorder and this person, I named that for this person as well, because it was very clear that the struggle was because the empathy level was so high and where are the inner boundaries and how do we moderate that level of intensity? And this person's quite famous. And so there was a lot of draw from, from that person's energy. So that all happened. It all kind of happened in the same time. And I'm like, well, hold on. You're intensely sensitive. You're not just highly sensitive. And here's how I define it. Intensity is the current kind of more current term of overexcitability that's in common in the gifted language um, that Dabrowski came up with back in the 40s, I believe. And, and there's five different kinds of sensitive of overexcitabilities, which are intensities. And gifted smart people tend to have them, like an intellectual, emotional, mental, and the list is in the book right? And so what happens is we who have these overexcitabilities or intensities have a different reality. And it's not good, bad, or, or anything. It's just different. And so like an intellectually overexcitable person will ask a gazillion questions, go down rabbit holes, go really fast, think, 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 think. It may look like ADHD or something else, but it also could just be this overexcitability. So there's lots of overlap and in lots of places where it could be a yes and. But to understand that the higher somebody's intelligence is, then that oh, these overexcitabilities, all of them or any number of them 
can be prominent in the person's worldview. Now, I was lucky because I have them all. And so when I learned about it, I'm like, well, I, I get an A on this quiz. Like I have them all. And and at first I thought it was amazing. And then I went through this long time of, oh, no, that's why everything's been so hard. And it was like a real downtime, like that awareness, you know. And then I'm like, I've got to make friends with this. This is it. That's what makes me so good at what I do. That's how come I can dial in as a counselor or a therapist or, or mentor because I get it because it's in me already. Like I started to see that was part of my secret sauce, so to speak, part of my uniqueness that I never really realized was that special. So I started seeing that. But then I saw this. And before I coined intense sensitivities, I would say, well, there's spiritual overexcitabilities, even though nobody talks about it. And um, I have a spiritual overexcitability. So what I did is said, okay, well, it's not overexcitability because Dabrowski didn't say that. And I don't want to get in the middle of that. So I'm thinking, well, really what it is, is it's a sensitivity. So an intense sensitivity is somebody that has one or any constellation of the overexcitabilities combined with the sensitivity of spiritual giftedness, which has to do with intuition, high forms of intelligence, empath, being able to know things. You know, like one of the questions I ask my people is, haven't you ever had a time where you knew the answer to something and you didn't know how you knew the answer or you did a math problem in your head and somebody said, show me the, the work and you couldn't show the work, but you were right. That's a form of a spiritual connection. And so I call that the spiritual sensitivities, you know, like Forbes said that intuition is the highest form of intelligence. So it goes with the giftedness that way. And so there are a lot of people who have overexcitabilities who are smart and gifted and talented who also have this amazing sensitivity spiritually, whether they call it that or not, it's there and it changes the way they do the world and they do the world differently. And so I think it's important. And that's why I made the phrase intense sensitivities. That's why it's in the subtitle of the book, because I want to say to people, hold on a minute here. It's one thing to have all these overexcitabilities and be smart and everything, but it's another thing to be able to tune in on these really high levels to bring something good to the world. And if we're here to bring something good and be a beneficial presence, it's high time we stand up and use all of it, not just our linear thinking or not just our emotions or not just our physical capability, but why don't we use all of us? Mm. So that's, that's how it happened. And that's why I call it intense sensitivities. You know, it, it's different than highly sensitive. It might look similar, but it's not the same thing when you get down to the nuance of what's driving the sensitivity. Okay. There, is, there is neurodivergence in both of them. There's differences in both. Well, I believe everybody's neurodivergent because our brain says everyone's the same and no two people are the same. So we're all you know, I don't do labels in, in the traditional way anyway, but um, I'm like, okay, well, what about the people who have overexcitabilities, but also are really spiritually gifted? What about them? Right. Right. And I, I'm curious, do you, you've quoted some folks here who really describe what you're talking about when you, when you look at the world with this lens, um, 
And you look at these people who you might be able to spot and go inherently, oh, they totally, you know, fit this one and a half to two percent of the population. And maybe they're on a public stage, right? Like the client that you mentioned. Um, What what's one hallmark that just stands out to you right away that your intuition goes out them? The first, the way they use language and humor is the first thing that I notice uh, right out of the gate. Ooh, can you give me an example? Well, if you were in my mind, if I was going to like type out what the person was saying, there would be lots of semicolons and complex sentences and three syllable <laughs> words, and it would not be third grade English. And it, that would be their natural cadence. Like I have a 15 year old I work with and he the other just, you know, a couple months ago said, well, you know, my my classmates made the frog anthropomorphic and, you know, frogs aren't anthropomorphic, Diane. And he just came right off his tongue. Most adults don't know what that means. Right. So it's just natural. And then you'd watch the humor of, of really gifted people. Like they can make innuendo and humor and it takes other people like a day or two or maybe a week to really get the joke or get the one-liner. And it's just because it's just different. And, and so I, I can tell right away by how somebody's speaking within, within just a few sentences. I'm like, Oh, three syllable words, semicolons. Yeah. It's in there somewhere. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love that in in your own language, you have, I think, made it very, very easy for folks to connect with this book from the table of contents. Because even before I started reading, and I invite every single one of you listening to do this, even before I started reading, I looked at the table of contents of this book, you all, and the the topics covered in it answered every question that I had about fill in the blank. Oh, I wonder if the way that she defines this is that it runs in families. I wonder if she defines it as neurodivergent. I wonder if she includes things around spirituality. I wonder if she includes, you know, these things that we might define as self-sabotages or stumbling blocks or whatever. It was like, in the table of contents. And I went, it's all there. Like the intuition kind of matched the intuition there. Right. And it was like, there was such resonance for the curiosity. Yay. That makes me feel really good. Like, you know, cause I never know. Yeah. I never know how people are going to receive what it is I offer. You know, I think that's true for all of us. And, um, and so when I asked you to read it, I was like, oh, okay, Christine will tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that feels really, really warm and beautiful to hear you say that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome. And the same thing with the quiz. I I think that to be able to extrapolate a, um, a group of characteristics to the point where you can answer in yes or no questions and be able to self-identify um, or help others to self-identify as well is, is a testament to just how 
dialed in this this population is for you and is um, described and served in this book. And you know we're we're talking about a career, a a forty year career, like you mentioned here. And what I also love that you shared with me just before we recorded is that this book is being released into the world as we celebrate a really important milestone in your own business. Could you tell us about that? Right. Well, the, my current business, Visions Applied, and Visions Applied is also the publisher of this um, book. Um, its 10-year anniversary is on June 7th. And so I incorporated it on June 7th, 2013, because the numbers added up. That's a gifted thing. The numbers have to add up or else it wasn't going to work. So I waited to do the paperwork. So that's what the date would be. And so, of course, that's how you have to do it. Right. And, um, and so that the book is out on the 10th anniversary. And, um, I think that just makes it feel very special to me because somebody, someone getting us and really understanding us is I think what we all yearn for is to be heard and understand, understood and to be belong somewhere. And that's the whole mission of my work. So it kind of all goes, it all just comes together in this beautiful celebration week. (laughs) I love that so much. And, and I, also sense that you know the this last decade of your work has has required you to to face some intense um sensitivities of your own like perhaps some 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 pains that you see mirrored in your in your clients and then those who are attracted to you because you get them and i i wonder what those what those pains, how those pains most often present. Like those of us who are maybe sitting in our own version of existential crisis, how do you see those showing up for the intensely sensitive that you wrote this book for? Often as anxieties or feeling totally disconnected, or some people are very successful in one career and they're like, yeah, but there's more there. I'm supposed to do something else. And, or is this it? Or what do I do from here? And so there's this almost spinning whirlwind of, so yeah, these other things are working, but I still don't feel right. Like there's still more, there's something else. And that's that inner calling. I think that we're all meant to do. And um, I feel it. I mean, you know, and, and one of the things, Christine, is that it's really fun to sit here and talk about being intensely sensitive. And it's really a blast to be this sensitive and connect to the birds and flowers and get into that stuff. And there's also tornadoes, right? We also can have whirlwind of pain and grief and upset and anger. Like when my dog died, I thought it was the end of the world. And it still kind of feels that way. Um, And all these very big things that we go through, we feel them on a much qualitatively different level than others. And it doesn't mean anyone's right or wrong. It's just different. And so with all of the joy and wonder and beauty and greatness and celebrate and get to know yourself and heal and la, 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 that sounds really great. But, you know, it's hard. It's a really hard, challenging life that takes a lot of grit and a lot of guts and a lot of self-love because it's 
the society is not set up for us. And so we're always navigating an insensitive world. That's why it's in the title of the book. We are always navigating it. And the only time really we get a break from that is when we're in a group of us. <laughs> like, okay, we can be isolate, you know, insulated, I guess, for a little while, but it's a lot. And and I am um, my work is is more as a um a retainer. Like I don't just meet with people for sessions. We I'm in their world for the whole time. And so they can call me or text me because life doesn't happen between nine to five, Monday through Friday. And if something really great is happening in a celebration, I want to hear about it. And if somebody's really struggling, I want to know about it so that I can walk with them through it and be with them. And that's also a different paradigm than our culture teaches, you know, that if we're going to be heard and understood, we need to know that the person who says they get us is not going to back down or walk away or abandon us or just not respond or only talk to us for the 45 minute time that Western society says, which none of my sessions ever go that short. They're usually more like two, an hour and a half to two hours because the, my mission is greater. My mission is we all want somebody to walk alongside of us when we're going through a really hard time. I mean, you've had a lot of really hard times in your life and we remember the people who showed up for us instead of running away. Yes. And yes. Every, everybody needs to have that experience of somebody who's not going to recoil or run away or abandon them when they're struggling. Yes. And you are certainly that person. I can, I can, um, I can speak to that on a personal level that you really have cultivated an ability to hold space and be a person who is not going to be like, you're crazy, right? <laughs> Which I think we can often feel that way, even if it's a self-judgment, right? Which I think leads me to my to my next question, the self-judgment as a as a reflection of maybe what we perceive the outer world to to feel toward us. Um when, when we have the this spiritual giftedness uh that's so important, that's such a distinctive. Um of being wired this way combined with these overexcitabilities that are this definition. Um, it, it seems to lead to a very strong feeling within ourselves when something happens, right? This intense feeling that is like, what is happening? Am, am I the only one? It like, it's kind of like an overtaking. Yes. Right. What do you say to people when they describe that to you or when they're like, what is going on with me? The first thing I say is, no, you're not crazy. It's a real thing. You're going to be okay. <laughs> um, you know, I feel it sometimes too. I mean, you know, and, and sometimes I tell the story or I tell them a scenario that it's either me or somebody else I know, like, no, that's how it happens. That's why I mean that it's so important, you know, to understand that that intensity is that big and that sensitivity is that strong. Then I start helping chunk down like, okay, now what, how are we going to want to address this? Whatever the situation is, if it's anxiety or depression or they're freaking out or whatever, I, I let it run its course. And so I will sit and patiently listen 
until the person is done. However long that is. It's usually not as long as it feels to them. And then I, when they're all done, and then I usually say, is there more? And if they, they until they're all done in that moment, then by then the energy has had a chance to kind of deescalate a little bit. And then I'm very good at asking very pointed, deep questions that help the person feel safe and they can look at it and say, okay, well, what is it? You know, or then we go from there. I never ask a why question. Why is irrelevant? It's more of how and what. And then making a decision and discerning, okay, this is the situation. It's out on the table. Now, what, how do I want to respond or not to whatever is happening? And so then we have a plan moving forward from there. And, and I believe in feedback. So every time I have a plan with somebody, like you, you know, the person says, okay, I'm going to go do XYZ behavior. Then I say, text me or email me when you've done it. And not in the typical sense of I'm holding you accountable, but in the spiritual sense that I have your back and you're not doing the thing alone. It matters to me what happens. And that's different than a behavioral, you have to do it. And so I want the people I work with to understand that I have that I, that's the level of commitment that I make. So I don't accept everyone who calls me because. I, I engage on that level because it matters to me that that person knows that when they're taking that risk, that they're not alone. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. To, to have, um, to have that level of, of being gotten, if you will, right. Of I, being seen in that way. Um, and I, I love what you said about the perception of time there, right? Because this, this type of person has, you know, the ability and the awareness to like watch themselves and perhaps judge themselves having this experience, moving through this experience and have a judgment of how fast they should be moving versus what's actually happening for them in the present. Is that the result of a um, an insensitive world conditioning? Well, partly I think so, but I also think that in the spiritual spiritual reality does not follow the same two dimensional linear time that physical reality does. And when we have an intense emotions, a lot of people have that voice in their head that not not necessarily that I'm going to think they're crazy, but maybe that they're too much. Like, I can't do too much. I can't say too much. I can't this too much. Or she, what is she? What if she doesn't know how to handle it? Like what's going on or whatever? And that's where I usually tell people like, you know, with all of our joy comes this very intense, deep life experience that far is, is far bigger than most people know. And um, there's no words for it. And I mean, I myself have very intense, very deep emotions. And I know certain people not to be intense around if I'm feeling like off way high excited or way upset or or scared or whatever the emotion is then and I know people there's certain people that I just won't talk to then because they they wouldn't know what to do with it and I know that if I ride the wave the wave always comes down and then I'm like okay everything's good and some people who might go are you sure you're okay I'm like I'm fine I'm great because our systems 
when we have overexcited abilities and these very intense spiritual connections, we feel things deeply. And sometimes we're picking up on things that are of the world that we don't know what they are. I mean, I have thousands of those examples, thousands of them. And and I'm like, why am I agitated? What's up with that? Like, I'm like in this really good space. What, why am I agitated? And then I'll notice like, oh, I'm getting more agitated. Like, what's the deal? And um, I even tell a story about that very kind of connection in the beginning of my first book, How to Quit Anything in Five Simple Steps, um, that the book was ready to, to come out. I had it all done, but I didn't have the spiritual release to like publish it yet. And I'm like, I don't know why I really want to publish it, but I don't know why it's not done yet. But yes, it's done. You know, and there was all this inner thing. And then over Thanksgiving weekend, I had this really intense agitation on and off. I'm like, what is going on? My birthday's around then. It's my favorite holiday. Why am I agitated? It was really something. It was remarkable. I found out on the Monday after the weekend, I started, my phone started blowing up with ex-clients and somebody I had helped out years before broke up with the girlfriend. I hadn't even spoken to this person. They were in South Florida. I was up in Pinellas County and, you know, we weren't in connection at all, humanly. And um, that person broke up with their girlfriend and relapsed and they died. Mm. And one of my spiritual mentors said, well, realize that when you're that spiritually connected, you didn't have to be that person's counselor. You didn't have to be primary in their life for them to reach toward your light when they were desperate and you felt it. And I was like, really? All right. That's what I've been feeling my whole life. Like, I didn't know. I didn't have words for it. Um, then I don't know, about a year after that, I was volunteering in a bookstore and I was really agitated. Like, why am I agitated? Looking all around. And my friends were doing uh, um, Kai Chi Joe, which is a moving meditation out on the water. And I wanted to be there, but I committed to volunteering. So I volunteered because I do what I say I'm going to do. And I was missing my friends. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, I'll do it next week. No big deal. And apparently some person pulled up into the park they were in and shot themselves. And then that we matched the time frame, and my agitation came and went right around that same time frame. Now, I don't know 100% per- humanly if that's necessarily it, but give me another explanation for why just during that period of time I was agitated. And how come I know things that I don't even didn't even know that I, I knew, like I just know stuff sometimes. And so that adds different dimension to life. You know, just that experience. All my clients have it, even if they don't realize it. You know, I work with a bunch of neuroscientists. Neuroscientists are very geeky people and they're very smart and they're very rewarded for their intelligence and they're good people. And this particular group that I work with is a flipping blast. Like I, they're all just the best. Well, I was doing a retreat for them and we're talking about, I don't even know what I was talking about, but out of nowhere, out of my intuition, really, I said, so I got a question for y'all. And they're like, all, all, you know, nerdy, geeky, serious paper, pen, ready, watching me. I said, how many of you use your intuition in your research? Because they're all research scientists. Every one of them hands went just up instantaneously. I said, okay, thank you. And in my mind, I'm like, there you go. The people who are at the top of their game, whether they admit it or not, are using their intuitive sense to know what to do and how to get there. 
No, I don't care what they call it. So it's important to honor that. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm so curious, you know, I love that you brought up this idea of intuition as the highest form of intelligence, right? Because often that is a piece like the spiritual piece that is really discounted in this or, or completely discredited in this definition of what it means to be gifted, talented. Um, and I'm curious because you have really embodied, it is clear, and you have owned, and you are proud of being this type of a human, right? And you're really an advocate for accepting yourself wholly, you know, being wired this way. How do you, how does this book help folks to accept themselves more fully to to embrace that truth that we we do have enough inside of us that we are right that we're not wrong for being different well it gives words and language to experiences that people may not even understand i think people will find themselves in all the different examples and things like that and go oh that's me well hold on a second i have that And once we have language, we can start to understand better. So we calm down and we have a dialogue. There's there's a way to now talk about what's going on instead of keeping it a secret. And I think that that's really important. And I also think that when you shed the light of truth on something and people get to say it is a thing and people do have this experience and it's okay, it takes a lot of that internal kind of judgment. It has no more place because now we have a knowingness. Hmm. What do you hope that this book is going to do for people? What do you intend for it to contribute to to this world? My intention is that people will wake up to the beauty of who they are and all the messiness of it so that they can bring their unique gift to the world so that humans can save themselves from themselves. That as we grow and accept who we are and we really step into who, what we're here to do, like really, and we say yes, really, <laughs> then our generations to come have more hope. And, you know, I'm always thinking seven generations ahead. So like your girls, you know, and then their kids and the children deserve awakened conscious adults. And the industrial age is overemphasized cognitive intelligence and has totally missed the whole idea that there's more to intelligence than verbal intellectual IQ. And it's much more than emotional intelligence and all these other things. It's way bigger than all of that. And just maybe if we start expanding who we are and we embrace that really and take a stand, our children and the children's children and Mother Earth will survive and not only survive, but thrive and be happy. You know, I, 
Christine, I, it gets on my nerves when people pathologize everything. And I see so many things out in the world where everything's a pathology. And I don't see that. I don't look at somebody and go, oh, let me, t- let me, let me tell you how broken you are. I look at a person and I say, look how beautiful your light is. You know, okay. So it's part of your, part of your beauty is a little dull, or maybe this, the shade is closed and let's, let's get it all lined up. But I don't look, walk around looking at people of like, what's wrong with them. And this culture is taught that. And it's an error, I believe. And because I think everybody's here with this really amazing purpose and, and our, our responsibility is to do our own inner knowingness and work and get connected and stand in our sovereignty and then reach our hand out and voluntarily work with other people and help light the light of others, you know, so that the children can be happy so that mother earth doesn't have to be so polluted so that our adult relationships can thrive. And so that people can be honored for everything of who they are, not just one little characteristic compartmentalized and siloed out anymore. Like, and I, um, it brings tears to my eyes to see the pain in people all the time. And so I'm hoping that this book helps ease some of that pain and gives a direction and, and a solace and a love from my heart so that people really understand that there's hope. Thank you for your courage and and your trust in yourself and the gifts you've been given to bring this this work to the world, this this perspective um, to help people embrace all of who they really are. And thank you for modeling that for us. You're welcome. Yeah, it's my honor. Tell us where we can grab this book. Well, the book is available in any, you can order it out of any bookstore in, in the in the globe, I believe. I think it's in all countries. Um, and of course, it's on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Um, if somebody wants an autographed copy, they can contact me directly. And um, I have a stash here. I will send an autographed copy. Or you can connect with me at any of the conferences I'm speaking in, and I will have them with me. Um, but I think it's, I really want, you know, and if, if anybody out there, if you're getting the book, please email me or something and let me know how it touched you or not. Um, I love to have feedback and like follow up, like what really happened after somebody re- reads of my book or hears a podcast or something. And some sometimes I get some of those, but I would like more of it. I like, I think feedback is important. Um, but so all the reg, any regular bookstore you want to go to, it's everywhere. I've, it's online. And it's in any bookstore you can order it. Mm. The book is Someone Gets Me. And if you want to know or have a suspicion that you are a smart and intensely sensitive person (laughs) who wants to learn exactly how to thrive in an insensitive world, There is nobody better that I can think of to lay out in a very clear to understand way uh, these these steps than your host, Diane Allen. And it has been my privilege and my honor to step in and get to 
help share more of your genius with the world today as you bring this book baby to the planet. Thank you, Diane. Oh, Christine, thank you for being here with us. And so we'll close the show with the regular closing, right? And here it is. Don't forget, everybody, you're a rock star and you're here on purpose with a purpose. So put your face to the sun, let the shadows fall behind you. Allow yourself to be all of who you are. Till the next episode, be well. Are you tired of searching for someone to understand you? Join our Facebook group, Someone Gets Me. In this group, you will be able to connect with others who are intense, sensitive, smart, and talented. I share my insights and teachings, and you can connect with others in a real, authentic, safe forum. So join us today. Someone Gets Me.